Well, Zap, it's the Boburn Hanley Pro Football Podcast as we get into week number 10. That's right, more than halfway through the season right now. He's Chris Bober. I'm Nick Hanley. And uh, Bober, this is uh, this is where we're kind of getting into the, I, I think, the, the pretenders to the contenders. I, I think we probably already started to see that over the last couple of weeks. And we had a Thursday night football game last night that I would say involves probably two teams that are at least playoff bound in the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. But you know, when you just kind of look at this part of the year, it, there's I, I just don't feel like there's that much that we're going to learn about teams that are sort of on that cusp. I think we kind of understand who everybody is right now. The trade deadline has come and gone, so everybody's kind of made those moves that they feel can solidify their team if they made any moves at all, which the trade deadline in the NFL is not a big deal anyway. But, yeah, I just, I just don't feel like – this is now a time where, okay, in the next two weeks, we got to really see something about this team. I, I just feel like we kind of already know, right? Well, I, I don't think it's more about people are going to, teams are going to surprise us. It's, it's which ones can win the marathon, right? The NFL is winning in the NFL, winning the Super Bowl is more about attrition. It's more of a marathon than a sprint. So about this time, I kind of related to a golf tournament, right? The Saturday, they call, um, Saturday is like the third quarter. And you have to make a move on Saturday to set you up to win on Sunday. Now we're, we're starting the third quarter of the season. And right now you're going to see teams start to separate themselves. And usually if you look at history, there's a team or two that will just start to stand out. It doesn't mean that they're the best team now, but whichever team I think kind of wins these next couple quarters stays healthy and has a good core and system and belief in themselves going into the playoffs. Well, those are the teams you have to watch out for. Yeah. Now every year, you know, the Patriots did this for years where they kind of fumbled around the beginning of the season. Then they locked it down last year. The chiefs did it. You like every year you see that the Eagles did it a few years ago. You see these teams that get to the championships are the ones that start playing their best football now. So we are going to see some teams that start to get separated from the others. And that doesn't mean that a loss throws you completely out of whack. But I think you're looking for an overall just a theme of whether or not you're playing your best football, doing the things that win football games. It doesn't have to be every game, but it has to be most games, and you have to be able to to translate it every single week. Well, and you talked about the beginning of all this with the, the quarters of the season, and that still applies, obviously. And as you kind of look at the standings right now, it, I mean, there's some interesting playoff races going on just because we do know there will be one extra team for each conference uh, this season with the expanded playoffs. Now, what we also learned is that the owners, they did vote unanimously. I think it was unanimous, but they overwhelmingly passed that uh, the if there were to be a canceled game, and that could just be one game. I mean, we could see, you know, Cincinnati, Cleveland at some point, if that got canceled because of COVID, there was no place to put it, then they will go forward and expand playoffs even more. We're an additional team for each conference. So we'd see 16 total teams, eight in each conference uh, qualify for the playoffs. So that is still a possibility. Now that again, doesn't mean that will happen, but if there was a straight up canceled game, not a postponement, then we would see that. And when I look at the divisions right now, the, the, the AFC East, it's interesting because Buffalo is sitting there at seven and two, but we've talked about, how Miami has been heading in the right direction right now. Uh, New England, the Jets seem to be out of it. But then you look at the AFC North, that is so up in the air right now with Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cleveland, all separated by basically a, a game or two. Uh, last night's game now has us a tie in the AFC South with uh, Indianapolis and Tennessee, both sitting there with a 6-3 and three identical record. You look at the AFC West, 
that's a two-team race. Basically, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. They are three games ahead of the Las Vegas Raiders. And then you go to the NFC where that is also jumbled up. And it, the, the NFC East, like last year, it's awful, okay? It's sitting there with Philadelphia leading the way at three and four. Then you've got the Washington football team, which, as crazy as it sounds, is not out of the playoff race. They're two and six, and they are still in the playoff hunt there in the NFC East. Now, the NFC North, this weekend's, this Monday night's game, I should say, between the Chicago Bears and the Minnesota Vikings is going to be interesting because the Vikings still have a pulse. And if they can pull ahead of Chicago, if they win Monday night, and Chicago seems like they're kind of going in a bad direction, Minnesota is one, two in a row. Maybe they're starting to figure things out. That could make things interesting. Right now, Green Bay, though, is only a game, or I should say two games up, on the Chicago Bears and Minnesota is sitting there at three and five. Then the NFC South, you've got New Orleans at six and two, Tampa Bay at six and three. And then the NFC West, as we know, is probably the most competitive division right now, where even the San Francisco 49ers at four and five, they're not completely out of it. Seattle at six and two, Arizona at five and three, and the Rams at five and three. So the AFC, it seems like it's a little more cut and dry. The NFC, though, there is still a lot to be determined here in the coming weeks. Yeah, and there's there. A lot's going to change. A lot's going to happen over this second half of the season. And we're going to see a team that's doing really, really good now just completely fall off um, and fall off. Not, not like the Bears who have already fallen off, but like a, a good team, you know, is going to is going to experience some injuries and going to go in the tank. And then you're going to see a team right now that isn't very good. That's going to show up and they're going to be in the playoffs and they're going to win a game. So with the expanded playoffs this year, it's going to be exciting. I, I do know just as a point of note, I think that if they do get any cancellations, I think that they actually extend the season by a week um, to give it 18 weeks to allow um I think that'll still have expanded playoffs, but gives like a play in yeah. kind of game, a makeup kind of week. Then they yep. go into it. And I believe what they'll do is they just won't have a buy between the Super Bowl and the championship games. So I remember they did right. that back in 2001 with nine 11. Um, we did the same thing, except for we just expanded the season by one week. Our week two games went to week 18 and then we didn't have a buy between the playoff the championships and we weren't in the week the year before we were in the championship at super bowl the next year we weren't so it didn't yeah. didn't affect us but um they're going to get these games in i i truly believe and they've, they've done a good job with it but it will be exciting because nothing's set in stone there's no prime primer or any kind of template for what's going to happen going forward so I mean, at the end of this thing, you could have a Miami Dolphins team that just gets hot or Cleveland Browns. You just don't know. You don't know who's going to be yeah. the team that comes up because everything's changed this year and it is literally a free for all. So I, I want to ask you this question. So we, we know that there, there's going to be the expanded playoffs. That's going forward. There's going to be seven teams in each division or each conference. You got 14 now total. And that was part of the new collective bargaining agreement. We know that preseason games are going to be eliminated. We know that that 17th game, the owners now have the ability to implement that. I would assume it'll be in 2021, especially with some of the financial challenges that they're having to try to get that extra revenue. So that's going to happen. We know that. My question is, this extra playoff game that could kick in, as you pointed out, if we get a, a cancellation, even if they play in that extra week 18 that is going to be implemented, would you be okay with that? Because if you think of 16 teams in the playoffs, 32 teams total in the NFL, that's half the teams in the NFL would have a chance to qualify for the playoffs. 
where are you at with that? If that is something that the NFL might discuss and if they can get to an agreement with the, uh, the NFLPA, that that's something that could be in the works. Well, I think there's more money in it, obviously, having another game. I, I want to know if they're going to have all those games, where are the windows? Like, are you going to have overlapping games? I mean, they've always put it so, so the playoff games don't really compete with each other. But if you have that many football games in one or two days, are they going to have like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or are they going to have a Monday night playoff game? Cause they don't, they don't want to compete with each other, but yeah. I'm not a traditionalist in the sense that, um, Oh my gosh, they have too many playoff teams. I mean, I, I think it should mean something, but at the same time, I know that it's, it is a business. It's about making money. And if they can recoup some of their losses with an extra playoff game, I, I can almost assure you that once they do this, they're not going to give it up. So it, yeah. it kind of could be kind of like the NBA where almost everyone makes the playoffs, but you know, that's more football. It's more money. Guys get paid more. As long as the market supports it, I think they're going to probably go forward with that uh, given the, the pandemic financial challenges they're going to have yeah. coming out of this year. I'm good with the, the 14 teams and that's, that's the way it's going to be going forward at the very least. When I think of 32 teams and I think of 16, I think of half of the league being able to make it. Um, it's it's kind of in that sweet spot because and I'll use Major League Baseball as an example. This last year they did over half the teams in Major League Baseball. Thirty teams they had sixteen make it. That to me is saying you're going to get a couple of teams in there that are not playing good baseball, or you're getting a couple teams in there that just, in my opinion, from what we're used to, are not worthy of being a postseason team. They did not have a good enough season, but just because they got to fill a certain amount of playoff spots, a team is going to make it in. And then of course, everybody gets excited because while well, that team could still possibly win the tournament and stuff, I'm not a fan of that because I feel like in order to have that opportunity to, to kind of wreck the postseason, you've got to have the regular season to sure. be able to support that, to give you that opportunity. The regular season to me has got to mean something. So I would say, this is my opinion. I like where it is now. I like the expansion of one extra team per conference. So you have two additional teams in the playoff field, and that's the way it's going to be going forward. If we get to 16, it's exactly half of the league. I'm not crazy about it. Now, I love more playoff football games than anybody, and I, I understand the financial challenges with it. And you're right. If they decide that they do that this year, if, if a game gets canceled and they do exercise those extra playoff teams, it's probably not going to go back to, okay, now next year we're going to go back to 14. It's probably going to be that way going forward. I'm not wild about it, but at the very least, it's not more than half the teams. If it's more than half the teams, I got a big problem with it. <laughs> if it's right at half or below, I guess I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just more of a fan perspective there. Um, I, it's kind of funny though, because I'm not a huge college. I don't follow college football a lot, but college football has a 14 playoff out of 200 team, 100 some yeah. division one teams. <laughs> and, and the NFL will go to a 16 game playoff out of 32. So um, there's, if there is value in having playoffs, I, I like playoffs. Almost yeah. all championships are decided by playoffs. Um, and anytime we can have more football, I'm all for it. And I wish I was around because I'd, I'd have made more playoff games and made more playoff checks if they'd have had more playoff games back then. So I, well, I, you know I, I want my reparations, Rep my playoff Div reparations. Division two football and FCS football, they do it right. Like the, Every, the expanded everywhere playoffs. Everywhere does it right, except yeah. for, we're not going to get on this rant, but everywhere does it right <laughs> except for Division one, 1A, which has a mock 
you know, mockery of a, of a tournament. Every, every single yeah. other sport has a tournament, but maybe, maybe we'll do it. Maybe a, a different show. Maybe we'll have our, our, uh, our college football playoff <laughs> rant show, because I think you and I are both on the same page that we could do that better with, with FBS football. Um, l- let's get to the games on, on Sunday. We, again, we'll, we'll first of all, I'll start with last night, the, uh, uh, Indianapolis Colts. I, I think this was a game and it's kind of funny. I let off by saying, we're not going to know much more about teams. We feel like they are who they are now. It's a, it's a matter of how they play, how they kind of handle things, injuries and whatnot, COVID, all of those things. I thought that was a great game for the Colts because they were one of those teams that if you bought stock on them at the beginning of the season, you probably felt okay. And then the last three weeks, you probably started wondering if you should sell that stock. I think last night was – in Tennessee, this is the other thing in my opinion about Tennessee – Tennessee is, they're good. They have some, they have some elements that you really like. They've got, for my money, the best running back in the, in the league right now. He's, he's someone, Derek Henry is someone that you can rely on. You know, you're going to be able to get the production that you need out of him. But the one thing that I, I do look at is their defense. It's flawed. Tennessee's defense is flawed. They, they are awful on third downs. Uh, it, it's a team that's been kind of beaten up to uh, throughout the year, but it is still a quality team. And when you look at that division race, Indianapolis had to have that win if we were to take them serious. If they were a team that was still going to be around as a potential division champion and a playoff team and being down early in the game and then coming back, having a special teams play that really kind of changed things for them, too. I think that was a huge Colts moment. I, I think that was a game for Indianapolis, given all of the, the things that have been sort of inconsistent with this team. I think that's one of those games that you can look at and say division win against the division leader. And now here we are right back on top of the division. Yeah, I was, I was more, I was very impressed with the Colts last night um, watching that game. That was a back and forth game until um, the, 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 the turnover, obviously you had a block punt. Uh, you had some things that went against Tennessee. And I think, um, I mean, how bad do you feel for Tennessee, who their, their punter had like a 17-yard punt, then they scored. Yeah. Then the next point gets blocked. And then um, the Colts just, just took over the game at that point. And Tennessee's uh, a team that has a specific way of how they play and how they win. And if they don't get to run the ball and their play action doesn't work, then then they they get found, they get kind of showed up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and last night they were they were perfectly fine on offense for a lot of the game for the first half of that game, but, but their defense has some flaws, right? You got Jadavion Clowney, who is supposed to be this all world rusher and he, he's not affecting the, the passer that much. Um, you got, they got some good inside dudes. It's just, I think on the back end, they're outside corners. They're just not that great. And I think teams know that you saw rivers got the ball out really fast last night and the, the defense didn't adjust at all. Right. Yeah. I think he set a record for like, he averaged like two and a half seconds from snap to, to release. And, if they knew that, why weren't they up on top of those, those guys all the time? Right. Why weren't, why weren't they cha- making them change that trend? They couldn't do it. They couldn't make the adjustment. I think that it's starting to catch up to them. Um, you know, having some guys hurt, uh, Tyler Luan hurt a left tackle. Didn't, it doesn't affect that position. I think it affects like their overall leadership and just, they've had some rough go about it. So it's just a matter of whether or not Tennessee can turn around and make a kind of comeback in Indianapolis they are in position now to, to do all the things they want. You know, Phillip Rivers, they found a system for him. Um, they, they ran the ball. They they showed last night why their defense is the top-rated defense. They're very good. Um, so that was a great division game. Look for, look for more games like this coming up um, where the pretenders and the contenders kind of separate themselves. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I don't want to say Tennessee's not a playoff team, and I think they are. I, I, I am. I'm very concerned about their third down defense. I, I do think that when Derrick Henry is somewhat contained, and and he, hey, he went over 100 yards again yesterday. But if you put too much on Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill's not a guy that's going to go 35 for 45. I mean, he's just not. He's not built that way. That's not his comfort zone, and I don't think that's what this offense wants to do. I, I also look at that game and say, okay, the Colts are successful. Because, as you pointed out, their defense is really good. They were able to be a big difference. But also, Phillip Rivers did not turn the football over. He can go. He can throw 45 to 50 times a game. He's going to be able to get you some big plays. But as we know with Phillip Rivers, he's also going to make that gunslinging mistake that he just does. And sometimes it can be a crucial mistake. As Phillip goes, this offense goes. And last night, I think, was a perfect example. As you mentioned, they ran. They complimented him. They made things easier for Phillip Rivers. So if this is sort of that blueprint of how how Indianapolis can be a dangerous team in the postseason, I think you take notice last night. I think that was the perfect way that Indianapolis wants to go about the tougher competition because as many flaws as I think Tennessee has, I still consider them a legitimate playoff team. I think they're still a team that can make the playoffs. Do I consider them a contender? to win the Super Bowl or to be in the Super Bowl? No, I do not. In fact, I would be shocked if they're in the AFC championship game, but they're a team that I think is, is at least a, a playoff team. Yeah, they got some holes. Uh, one thing to watch going forward uh, before we get into these other games is there's one statistic that usually determines success in the NFL, and that's turnover ratio, right? If you look at the best teams that are out there when it comes to turnovers, the Chiefs are up there, the Ravens. I mean, all these teams that are some of the best teams – they, they do the best job of taking care of the ball, number one, and then creating t- turnovers and takeaways f- on their side of it, too. So those that's the statistic that usually starts separating these teams. So last night you look at Tennessee, who was arguably as good or better than Indianapolis, but they, they lose the turnover battle and lose the game. And that, that will be a trend going forward. It happens every year. It'll continue to happen in the NFL. All right, so looking at the Sunday games, getting into the noon games, um, let's start with your Giants and the Eagles because the reason I bring this one up, I'm going right out of the gate on this. My underdog of the week is your New York Giants. I'm taking the Giants to win against the Philadelphia Eagles because, first of all, it's the NFC East, so why not? But I like what the Giants have been doing. I mean, you lose Saquon Barkley. It's a team that was just sort of in ruins at the beginning of the season. But all of a sudden, they've been able to play, I think, some good football, even in some of their losses. I mean, let's face it, they should have beat Tampa Bay a couple of weeks back, too. So this is a team that I, I feel like they're understanding, and I'll give Joe Judge a lot of credit. They're understanding what they have with a roster right now, and they are adjusting to that personnel. I don't see a lot of there, – there's not a lot of teams that do that. You know, it's, it's just kind of you're, you're going to force it no matter who you have on the field. And yet I, I like the Giants. I'm not saying that they're going to be winning the division or anything like that, but I just – I like the fact that they seem to be pretty much aware of who they are and they're being honest with themselves and they're playing football uh, based on what they have as opposed to what they want to do. And I think that serves them well. The Eagles, I think, are one of the most inconsistent teams led by one of the most inconsistent quarterbacks in Carson Wentz who can be great one week and just got awful the other week. So I kind of like where the Giants are heading into this week. Uh, last I saw, they are a three and a half point dog. So I'll take the Giants. I think they went straight up. I, I, lo- I love I love your thought right there. I really think there's a lot of value at three and a half here, honestly, because the law of averages has to catch up to the Giants. They got to win one of these against the Eagles. I, I hate the Eagles. 
God, you see my giant stuff back there. The Eagles are a thorn in my side, and we had uh, guys so many battles with those guys. But um, they have to win one. I think they are playing good football. Um, Philadelphia is wildly inconsistent. And three and a half, you know, maybe the Giants lose this game because that's what they have a habit of doing. But I don't think they lose by more than a field goal. So I think it's a great value. Um, Philly is coming off a bye week, so that should help them. But – Again, they got Carson Wentz. He just kind of looks lost in this offense. Um, I expect the, the Giants at least to come out to a lead. They might blow it, but yeah. they'll probably get a lead. Um, you know, I know Deshaun Watson's – I'm not Deshaun Watson. The, um, the big, fast receiver, he's he's out, right? So, Fulgham is up. He's on my fantasy team, yeah, which I'm sending to you, by the way. Um, Deshaun Jackson is what I'm talking about. He's he's out. So, the Giants have a good matchup here, and, and they, they should – hopefully figure out how to win a game to get them kind of going in the right direction. They're not quite there yet, but hopefully a, a win over a, a depleted Eagles team gets them there. Uh, Bucks Panthers. This I, I think could have been interesting if Christian McCaffrey was available this weekend. We saw what the Panthers offense was able to do against the Kansas city chiefs last week. That was a, a straight up shootout. Look, the, the Bucks, they got their egos hurt badly last week and that team got taken to the woodshed at home drew Brees and the saints just absolutely peppered those guys so i i would assume there, there is enough pride there's a, i mean this goes to all those cliches you can think about in sports you know the pride and everything and this is sort of a, a you know check yourself at the door type of matchup if you're the, the bucks there's enough talent in that room i think there's enough experience in that room to sort of right the ship so to speak I would love the Panthers in this game if they had Christian McCaffrey to, to, to maybe even cover what I'm seeing as a five and a half point spread uh, favoring the Bucks. But without McCaffrey, this is where I get concerned that Teddy Bridgewater has to do too much. Now, Mike Davis has been a capable backup, and he's actually, speaking of fantasy football, he's sort of a priority play this weekend uh, in, in your running backs. But I, I just don't know if they have that dynamic threat that you might need because if you can shut down the Bucks offense the way that the Saints did a week ago give the Saints defense a lot of credit in doing so I don't know if the Panthers defensively are built to do that so in order for the Panthers to win this game I think it'd have to be very similar to like the Chiefs game where they're going to have to stay basically with this team and I don't know without Christian McCaffrey if they're able to do that yeah, I think the market uh, did, didn't adjust to McCaffrey coming back last week when it comes to a spread. I've seen this line up to six now. I think it's got pretty good value at six. Carolina is getting six points. I think that's a decent bet in there. I'm a little scared of the, the Tom Brady factor, right? Tom Brady's not a guy who likes to lose a lot. Yeah. And he coming off losses, I think he's like 19 and six against the spread. So I, I would stay away from this. I would lean to Carolina, honestly, for the points. But I do think Tampa wins. And there's a, there's a chance Tom Brady just comes out and is slinging it you know he, he does not like to lose so Carolina I think the market saw them last week and do really well but then you take McCaffrey out of that equation and I think I don't think they made that adjustment do we know if he's playing or not do we have that he's not uh, it sounds okay. like he is unavailable this weekend with okay so that, I could be back next week but yeah that doesn't sound like he'll be this week yeah so that I think that's why the, the line went up just a little bit but um yeah I'd stay away from this because there's too many unknowns here uh, a yeah. matchup to watch here is to see if Tampa's defense finally shows up you know they got a lot of talent over there the Giants took it to them a couple weeks ago obviously they got a big time loss last week so look for them if they rebound on defense I think that takes this team in the right direction we know Tom Brady's going to sling it uh, but what can this defense do to help them win 
Uh, Broncos Raiders, a rivalry. Uh, that's about where I end this one because uh, the, the <laughs> Vegas is Vegas is a four point favorite, but uh, the Broncos. Uh, that was kind of disappointed. I kind of was hoping that they would show up better than they did last week. And, you know, I, I just don't know if you, if you maybe squeezed the very most out of, out of this Broncos team that you can right now, the only thing about this matchup that I'm staying away from is Vegas is still, in my opinion, the most inconsistent, good team in the NFL. They're a good team. They've proven that they beat the Kansas city chiefs, but they've also lost some really head scratching games. So they, to me, are still the most inconsistent, good team, not Tampa Bay, but Las Vegas. So I'm not, I can't bet on them, but they should win this game. I'm not confident in the Broncos, but again, which Vegas team shows up? I have no idea. Yeah. And Vegas is good to have that a game out there at home, which it helps them out. Um, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of sharp money is going over to Denver. Um, there's some matchup here that, that likes the Broncos as, as a four and a half. If, if you can get them at five points, it'd be a grip, a great play. Uh, them, them getting five points, I think will help them or given five points will give them a lot. Um, you know, I, I don't trust Denver either. Um, Vegas is very inconsistent right here, but one thing we probably will happen is the Broncos are probably get down to a lead, excuse me, get down by a touchdown or two and then have a mad comeback. It, it happens every week. Vegas kind of does the same thing. They, they usually kind of hit, hit the, the cruise mode in the second half and, and either will either lose the game or almost lose. Uh, in this game, Denver, if you can get them at five, I like them. I also kind of like the over. I mean, the over sitting yeah. now here at 51, I still think that, that neither of these teams play great defense. So I think that that in the dome there could be a lot of points in this game. So I, I might lean more towards the over than anything else in this game. Um, some of the other noon games that are probably not going to be priority games, but they exist. They might have some fantasy implications. We'll start with Texans and the Browns. Look, Cleveland, they just need to keep winning. They got to stay afloat uh, to be able to be a part of that playoff conversation. That division, as we talked about a little bit ago, uh, they're in it still, but it's also a division that has some very good teams in there. Uh, they are a three-point favorite against the Texans. I, the way I always look at the Houston Texans is Deshaun Watson is always going to give you a shot, but I, I just it's it's the other side of the football that gives me the biggest concern, and that is the defense. Texans are, you know, hey, they've been able to win a game here and there, and and I think that they're always capable, but. It's just, do you, do you believe in the Browns? And I'm not, I don't look at the Browns the same way I do as the Raiders, as far as I just can't trust them, but I'm still not completely buying into the Browns because they still show a lot of tendencies that are not necessarily great offensively. Baker Mayfield, just when you think that he's got things figured out, all of a sudden he makes mistakes. That defense that I still think is talented, seems to underachieve at times. And this could be one of those games where they have their hands full with a dynamic quarterback. So it's a three point spread uh, favoring the Browns at home. Again, not a game that I'm, I'm overly excited about on the betting side or just on the overall viewership side. Nice. Well, I'm actually going to take Cleveland as my best bet this week. If you give me three points, I'll take them all day long. I, I think there's a couple things that, that go in their factor. Um, first of all, Houston is just like a train wreck down there. And with, without, with the exception of Deshaun Watson, they don't have a lot to hang their head on. J.J. Watts you know, gets a sack once in a while. But there's a couple factors that help Cleveland. Number one is going to be the weather. Right. So they're calling for more wind. We saw a couple yeah. weeks ago that Cleveland actually lost the game against the Raiders in, in the windy situation. But I think they're a better fit for that. 
right? I think they're going to learn from that. They get their running back, Nick Chubb back. I think Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, they're going to run the ball. Um, if it is windy, I think they they have a major advantage in terms of controlling the tempo of this game. So I'll take Cleveland as my best bet at minus three. Um, I just think that they're in a good spot coming off a bye against a, a struggling Houston team that I don't think is going to perform that well because they're kind of, it's again that point in the season when these teams that aren't very good start to kind of, kind of pack it in a little bit. So um, I just, I like Cleveland in the spot. So I'll take them at, at minus three for my best bet. If Houston could play Jacksonville every weekend, they'd have a great record, <laughs> but that's, you know, they're two and zero against the Jags, but unfortunately they are Oh, and whatever against the rest of the league. Um, the Washington football team and the Detroit Lions, another game of, who really gives a rat's ass, but I will say this, the Washington football team, as we expect to see uh, Alex Smith get a start, uh, that's always kind of cool, it, just knowing what he's gone through. By the way, this is kind of interesting. I was talking to our, um, our on our rehab report on the show earlier this week with Travis Manners of Athletes Training Center, the Kyle Allen injury, which was disgusting. He could still come back this year. It was a dislocated ankle, but he did not suffer that uh, that tibia fracture that we see usually come with that injury like we saw with Dak, like we saw with Alex Smith, like we've seen with other guys that have had that injury. So avoiding that part of the injury and that compound fracture when the bone comes through, which is just awful too, uh, he could actually come back. That, that to me was like the craziest thing after watching that uh, injury, knowing that he was having surgery, I think the following day and could actually be ready, say in three or four weeks. Now, Terrell Owens came back from that injury and played the Super Bowl. Played the Super Bowl, with a broken leg, exactly. He, did, he so, did the exact same thing he had. I've had, I know people who've had the same thing and come back. Um, that's crazy. On, on whether or not you can get that healing in there going. Um, yeah. Now, this game, it's interesting. We don't know really what the status of Matthew Stafford is. Um, he kind of went out of the game last week. Um, I, I, I lean towards Washington here. I, I think that they got nothing to lose. I think Detroit, um, you know, there, there are two teams who aren't that great, but they're in different spots, right? Detroit is, is probably going to get fired their coach. They're going to have a yep. major rebuild. Players see that. They know it. Washington knows they're not that great, but they're building something with Ron Rivera. I'm a little hesitant with Alex Smith. I, I kind of cringe every time he drops back because I just feel like he's not moving that well. I feel like he's a bad target, but Detroit, probably can't take advantage of that. So I yeah. lean towards Washington, but I, I'd pass this one, honestly, but I, I just lean Washington. Uh, Packers, Jaguars, it's a big number. 13 and a half is what I'm seeing. Um, it sounds crazy. Chris, I'm going with this one. This is my this is my team that, that I'm going to take as the favorite, the Green Bay Packers, because the Jaguars are awful. They're, ju they're just, they're brutal, man. And the, the sweepstakes for whether they want to go with Trevor Lawrence or they want to go with Justin Fields or whatever quarterback it's going to be theirs. Uh, I think they understand where this thing is going. The Packers, Hey, they've got to stay, they got to stay ahead in that NFC North race right now. They're good enough to, I think, just blow the doors off them at home. So the Packers 13 and a half, I'm going to go ahead and take green Bay. I feel like they cover this and somehow I think they win by 20. And I, I don't disagree with you there. I think it's, it's a bold move picking them, but um, I, I don't, I, I think that's more likely to happen than not. Uh, the afternoon games, there's a really good one. And don't let the records deceive you because the Chargers, as we've talked about, they're like the best two win team. Uh, they're, they're starting to calm down a little bit. And Justin Herbert's starting to come down a little bit. And the, the arrow for Miami, we've talked about this a lot now, is it really 
it's ascending. Dolphins at five and three, Chargers at two and six. Miami just a one and a half point favorite. Chris, I thought that this was a sucker bet. I was going to take this one, but I feel like the fact that the line is where it is, the Sharps know something that we don't. And I'm not sure what that is. And maybe it is now the third start for Tua Tagovailoa. Is there is there more out on him? Because the Chargers can D up a little bit. And so if this game was in L.A., I would even understand it more, knowing that it's the Dolphins making that cross-continental flight, not the Chargers. But it is in Miami. And usually when you have to make that trip, that heavily favors the Dolphins, especially with the weather, the humidity. This is interesting. One and a half point favorite for the Miami Dolphins and a team that seems to be playing really good, especially on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, I just I, I kind of don't get that. I, I think that uh, Miami, I, I would lean towards taking Miami at one and a half. Yeah. Um, I saw that go up to two and a half and it kind of came back down. But um, you, you, there's still an unknown with Tua, right? I mean, half the people are thinking he's the greatest thing ever. Um, the other half of the people are thinking he's just just wait and see. I'm, I'm more of the wait and see model. Need, need to have a little bit more evidence. Um, I think the Chargers are a team that's headed down. They've had some fight in them, but they continue to lose games. And I've been on these teams where you lose these close games and it starts to wear on you. Yeah. Back in 2003 with our Giants, we were 4-4. Four and four. We ended up 4-12, and 12, right? Um, we had some games where we could have won and we lost. And it just it adds up and there's an emotional toll. And about this time of year, it starts to take place, especially when you got to travel across the country. So I, t- I take Miami. I'm not putting them as the best bet, but at one and a half, I think Miami, I think that's where it should be. I think they win. Um, Chargers love to find ways to lose games. So yeah. it might be just one point. That's why I think that's why their yeah. the line went down because Chargers always lose by one. But, you know, I, I like Miami in this game. I think their defense is really special. I think they're, they're making a run in the NFC East. A really good game. Uh, Bills Cardinals in Arizona. Arizona's a two and a half point favorite. The the Bills, I, I think they found it again. I think they had a little bit of that uh, that reality check where they had to wait to play Tennessee. They got slapped around by the Titans. And then uh, the following week, they didn't play very good football. And then after that, I think they've kind of come back to where they were at the beginning of the season. And that is a legitimate, I think, legitimate contender not just a playoff contender, but a legitimate contender in the AFC. The Bills, I like them. The Cardinals, again, it's hard not to like what they've been able to do uh, with Kyler Murray. And so this is going to be, I think, a great game. And it could come down to who shows up defensively more. The Bills, in some areas, have been disappointing defensively. And the Cardinals have been somewhat surprising defensively. And it's a very small margin, two and a half points favoring the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I like Buffalo in this one. I, I, I think that Buffalo can go out there and win. I think it's going to be a matchup game. Um, how are you going to, you know, whenever you play against the Cardinals, you got to think about how you're going to solve the the Kyler Murray problem. And, and the yeah. thing you want to do is you, you want to make him throw the ball. He can sling it, but without the threat of running, that really kind of shapes his game. So I think I like, I would like Buffalo as an underdog here. I, again, they're not my underdog of the week, but I would probably lean towards them at minus two. I, I think that um, Josh Allen has been great. Arizona doesn't generate a lot of, of pressure. They like to blitz a lot. And Josh Allen has been really good at that. He, he moves around. He can, he can make some plays. Um, it's just a matter of, can they contain, Kyler Murray and and Hopkins. And I think Buffalo can. I think this will be a lot of points in this game. The points now are, I think it's only 49. If you can yeah. get them, I mean, in the 50 or low 50s, I take the over here. 
I think yeah, there's I would a too. lot of points here. Neither yeah. of these teams play great defense. It's inside. Um, it should be an offensive explosion and a good back and forth game. And we'll see who wins at the end. Another game. I, I didn't put it as my best bet, but a game that I feel strongly about now watch it'll I'll be completely wrong as I have been throughout the year Seahawks Rams Rams favored by one and a half uh, Bober I might be oversimplifying this one I'm taking the better defense in this one I'm taking the Rams I, I like the Seahawks I like Russell Russell Wilson I still think is the MVP I think he, the guy's a stud DK Metcalf is amazing they can do some stuff offensively we know that they just can't stop anybody and this is where I look at a defense. One of these teams is going to have to be able to sort of bow up defensively. And I, the Seahawks just don't have it. The, the Rams are the better defense. I'm, I probably am oversimplifying this. I'm taking the Rams just because they have the better defense. They don't, have the, they don't have the better offense. And I don't think their offense is as good as Seattle. But I think the defense will be the difference in this. Nice. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and go head to head with you because I think Seattle is going to win this game. Um, a lot of factors point towards the, the Rams winning this game, honestly. And I like what the Rams do. They, they run a throwback offense, which I can appreciate because I know it. Uh, I like what they do. I just don't trust Russell Wilson not wanting to win this game more than Jared Goff. I, I think that he comes out and finds a way to win. I, I think he is just a stud. I think this will be a high-scoring game. And I think matchup-wise, um, Seattle can, can get after the back end of that defense a little bit. Now, they're going to give up some points. Don't get me wrong. And they might – again to get down in this game but russell wilson's like a magician you know and i, I oh, he's good that, yeah i think that that they i actually think they come back and kick a field goal and win this game I, I think they they as an underdog i would take them um it's not it's more of a feeling than a fact but i just feel like they're going to come in and play a better game than most people give them credit for and um they're pretty good at that and i, I take russell wilson they're my they're my underdog this week so you got the Legion of Boom showing back up for the Seattle defense? No, I got no defense happening, but it might be a 55 to 52 game. But I think Russell Wilson, if you give him the ball, he's going to score. So Yeah, and, you know, the, the Rams, the Rams I, I think, are the better defense. I don't think there's any question. But they, they have been vulnerable at times, too. And, I mean, Russ, hey, if anybody's going to pick anybody apart, it'd be Russell Wilson. Uh, the other afternoon game, the 49ers and the Saints, this would have been a great game four weeks ago. Uh, sounds like Raheem Mostert is going to be out against the Saints, too. So they just cannot get healthy, the Niners. And, you know, depending on what they do, a quarterback, I mean, it doesn't really matter right now. This is just a 49ers team that unfortunately has had too many injuries. They've had too many issues that I just I don't think they can overcome. The Saints, the only thing I'm kind of interested in is, is there a hangover from that big beatdown of the Bucks a week ago? They're a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, I think, what we saw from the Saints, that should be uh, a, a an appropriate line. But as you know better than any of us, Bober, every Sunday is different. It's a week-to-week thing. I think the Saints win this game. Do they cover nine and a half? I don't know. I mean, the Niners with the healthy bodies they're putting on the field, there's still some good ones there. So I guess maybe, <laughs> maybe San Francisco can keep this within a touchdown. I don't know. Yeah, I think this is kind of like a, a mom game where – there's going to be a lot of guys who are playing for the Niners who their moms are the only people who know who's on that <laughs> team. Right. And I know I was one of those guys too. So I'm not, I'm not knocking it too much, but the Niners are absolutely decimated by, by every possible situation. Um, it's hard to bet 10 points. Cause I, I know that Kyle Shanahan's a great coach and yeah. I think he's going to be given some grace, um, but they have a lot of decisions to make going forward. So this is almost like a preseason evaluation for them. They're, they're more in the mode of saying, okay, who fits this model going next year? Cause they, they yeah. have a, a decision to make with Garoppolo. 
right? They could be in a position to get a quarterback and they want to probably get, this is more tryouts than anything else. So that bodes well for new Orleans. Hopefully they, they win the game. Hopefully they don't sustain a major injury. Yeah. Um, but the Niners, yeah, I wouldn't pick anything close to them. Uh, Bengals Steelers. Would it be very 2020 that if the Steelers were to get their first loss, it'd be from the Bengals and Joe Burrow. That'd be awesome. I, I seven and a half is a, it's a sucker, bet. I think I, yeah. Pittsburgh could absolutely blow them out, but Joe Burrow is kind of this backdoor cover guy and he's, he's just this unknown. And, and I think playing well, he is having a hell of a year. Yeah. And they, they got a great future. If they can support him, they're going to have a good team. And, and you could see this team next year really compete with the, the Steelers and the Ravens and the Browns um, should be a great division for years to come. But um, the big Ben, we don't know about him coming back. Yep. So again, you know, if, if, if he comes back in this game, you know, if maybe the line can shoot, you know, tank a little bit um, waiting for him to come back. If you can get this under a touchdown, yeah, I feel yeah. more comfortable, but other than that, just look for, you know, it's like, okay, the Steelers didn't play very good last week. They're probably going to play good this week. Yeah. And I, like I said earlier in the week, I was, I was impressed that the Steelers found a way to win that game. You know, I mean, usually you lose those games on Sunday in the NFL and the Steelers still won. So I think that says something about them. And everyone's like, oh, you need to lose now. You need to lose. I think, Chris, you could you could speak on this. You can still you can learn just as much from a dud that you win uh, as much as a loss. I think I, I, where you say, oh, my gosh, thank God we won that football game. I think that can also help you hit the reset button and, and again, sort of check the egos just as much as a loss can. Right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um I will say that I, they don't want to be stand defeated. I mean, the law of averages always catches up, right? So they do, they have a tough schedule going forward. They got Baltimore coming up again. They got some division games and, you know, they'll get a couple losses in there. They're going to lose a game. Yeah. Probably we, not I, this week. I don't think this no. week's the one they lose. I think that um, unless, unless Roethlisberger's out, if he's not playing, they, they might just kind of fold it in. Um, but yeah, I, I take them to win. I still, I think they're going to lose the games. It's just not this week. Sunday night game. Uh, it's the Patriots who are unfortunately just not there. Uh, the Ravens, you know, the, the Ravens, I, I feel like they're kind of that team that we know they're good. They're six and two, but we're not talking about them the same way that we talked about them a year ago. And I don't know if, the, if that is a good thing or a bad thing for this team. Uh, Lamar Jackson kind of uh, having to to have to talk about some comments made by the defensive coordinator about his play and, you know, Lamar's just, bottom line is he's not as good as he was a year ago. And I mean, the stats would tell you, the eyeball test would tell you, the bottom line is teams are having a way of trying to defend him. And he's just not made the necessary adjustments. That doesn't mean he still cannot beat you. And I still think he is, without question, the best quarterback in this matchup. Cam Newton had a good bounce back a week ago. That was good to see. But when it comes down to it, I just think the Patriots with it starts with the opt outs at the beginning of the year and their whole situation roster wise defensively. I just don't think that they can keep up with the Ravens. I agree. I think it's a horrible matchup for New England, honestly, because what Baltimore does really well on offense is run the ball and the short the short passes that's the tight ends, you know, Lamar Jackson has not been accurate deep or on the outside where, and that's where New England's really good. So who cares? They'll just keep on throwing to Mark Andrews and running the football and they'll be fine. Um, Now New England is is one of the worst teams at at underneath throws. They give up a lot of underneath throws and that's what Baltimore does Um, on the other side of it. New England's getting everyone back, right? They, they are really good pretty much all around on defense, but they, they can also take away the short game. New, New England just does not 
have the receivers to threaten anyone down the field or on the outside. So Baltimore is more than happy to play this game between the hashes and they win there. So the only way Baltimore loses is when teams spread them out and find creases and New England can't do that. So, I mean, I see the line here at seven. I'd still take doing, I'd still, still take Baltimore at minus seven. I think they're going to blow the doors off of them. I think New England, the, the league is looking to punish New England. If they yeah. can win by multiple touchdowns, they will. And I think Baltimore will this game. This could be a validation game for Lamar, too. Even though we understand the Patriots are flawed, it's a primetime game. And all of the comments about Lamar Jackson haven't been all that positive. That I think this could be that type of uh, stage for him to just ball out and remind everybody that he's still pretty damn good. So we'll He's see. the same guy that he was before. He's just he not, is. He's just not really getting um, the big plays and all the publicity. He's doing yeah. almost the same thing. Um, so yeah, I think he's going to have a good game and I hope so. Cause he's on my fantasy team. Oh, okay. Well, there's that, uh, the Monday night game. Uh, it is the, the bears hosting the Vikings. Sorry, America. You got to watch that for your Monday night game. Uh, it is Minnesota as a road favorite two and a half. Now, again, this is where if you're a Chicago fan, you kind of lick your chops for two reasons, because you know, how I feel about the bears. I think they're frauds, but I will say this one, they are very good. And I'm sorry, Bober, don't fall for this again. They are very good, uh, against the spread as an underdog. Uh, I think they're I, after last week, they're now 12 and two. So that's still pretty damn good. The second thing is they have owned Minnesota and they looked horrible last year too. They have been able, whatever reason they are Kirk cousins and Mike Zimmer's kryptonite. And so this is the one thing that I will watch for. I know the bears offense is dog vomit. I don't expect it to do, to do anything, but they can win games at like 13 to, to, to six, like they beat uh, Minnesota last year in Chicago. If they can keep it like that, I think the Bears can win this football game. And I'll tell you the other reason. What Minnesota is doing right now is they're running Dalvin Cook and they're taking the football out of Kirk Cousins' hands. The Bears' defense is capable of at least putting the football back in Kirk Cousins' hands. So here's my bold prediction. <laughs> I don't know who's going to win this game, but the Bears get a defensive touchdown. That, that's my bold prediction because they will try to put the ball back in Kirk Cousins' hand, and I, for whatever reason, he absolutely craps the bet against the Chicago Bears defense. That's my yeah, bold prediction. It, these division games, as we go towards the end of the season, become interesting because you start taking into account history, and, and I, I think some of that does play. Um, I'm amazed that Minnesota at three and five is a, is a favorite going to Chicago. That tells you how fast the market really dumped the Bears. Yep. Um, but I think these it, it is. it's all about the bears. I don't think it has anything to do with the Vikings. I think it's all about the bears. And I, and I think this, um, this is a great spot for the bears being at home, right? I'm, I am surprised that they're, that they're an underdog. Uh, it's, it's probably a little bit more of a reaction than anything else. But um, yeah, I, I think that depending on where you get this line, right? If you get three or more, I think Minnesota's the pick. If you get under three, I think Chicago's the pick, right? Yeah. And they could come out and win this game. There, it's the eye test says that Chicago is a better matchup at home on their grass um, in a night game. But Dalvin Cook has not been stopped, yeah. right? And the Bears they match up well versus the run. They really do, and, and their defense can do it. Um, but it should be a knockdown, dragout game. Honestly, um, I hope it's a great game. I hope it's a back and forth game. Um, again it's great to have these two teams, which aren't that great of teams, but they're, they should be a great matchup. It should be good, good theater um, in a division game on Monday night football. So I'm going to plan on staying up and watching. Here's the cute thing. I'll ask you this as we, as we wrap things up. 
Uh, Matt Nagy did not shut down the idea that he would give up play calling, but it is something that he is not going to make public. Um, when you're a bad offense, does it matter who's, <laughs> who's, who's making the calls? I mean, I, and I'll ask you, I mean, can that, can that shake things up? If like say Bill Lazor, the offense coordinator or, or uh, DeFilippo, the quarterback's coach, if one of those guys are making the calls instead of Matt Nagy, I mean, can that, can that spark anything? Well, I think, I think the action of, the, of another play car can change things up a little bit. And I've been through that before. Yeah. I will give Matt Nagy credit saying he's not going to make that the focal point. What he's going to say is like, whatever happens in our building, we're going to, we're going to do our business. And, and he's still taking the responsibility of it. You know, think about it. If he, even if he doesn't call the place, he's still going to be held liable. He's the head coach. He's the, he's the coordinator, even if he's not the, the offensive right call him the play caller. So um, it's still on him. I, I think that they have some work to do. They're going to fight hard to try to get to where they got to go. Cause they have some decisions to make going forward. Oh yeah. Um, you know, trubisky has gone. They got Foles is going to be back. They, they gotta, they gotta retool, man. They need some, some weapons on offense and, and they don't have very much now. So this should be, this could be like a, you know, 17 to 14 game that this is one of those games they have a chance to win. They're not going to have yeah. a lot of chances to win games against good offenses uh, that are balanced, but this is a game that they match up well. So they, they have to get this win if they want to stay viable. And then tonight we've got Waverly taking on Hastings, Austin Bulber trying to trying to stamp his, uh, his ticket to the state championship game tonight. So you got yeah. the road trip tonight to Hastings. Yeah, but I think obviously you meant, meant Elkhorn there, but um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Elkhorn, my bad. El sorry. You beat you beat year. Waverly. That's yeah. what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, it's kind of lining up for us to to have a great season and a great finish. So we're going to get on the road and um, see if we can play a, a good Hastings team that can really throw the ball around. And we're hoping the weather helps us because we're more of a uh, ball control tempo type team. But um, talking to the boys, it's more about how how our team plays than what they do, and I think they bought into that. Wartman's been there a lot. So oh, yeah. he, he's been in these situations and um, we're hoping we come back with a win. Um, now it's going to really kind of ruin my deer season next week. Cause if Austin <laughs> can't go out West with me, cause he's getting ready for a state championship game. I'm going to forfeit um, a room at Fort Robinson and cost me some money, but I'd rather see him, him in the championship than us out deer hunting. Yeah. You'll make do. You'll, you'll, yeah. you'll be, and if we happen to lose, then we get to go deer hunting. So it's a yeah. win. -win. Yeah, win-win. Yeah, well, Bulber, have a great weekend, man. Good luck to Austin tonight in the Elkhorn Antlers. Uh, enjoy the NFL action this weekend, and uh, we will talk. Man, we're getting close to Thanksgiving, too, so uh, we'll have two uh, next week, maybe just one for the, the short week with Thanksgiving. But, uh, man, it's crazy to think we're, we're like, in the, the getting into that last leg of all of this stuff. I'm thankful we're still playing football, so we'll keep, on, keep on forging ahead. Yep. Be safe, my man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Have a good one.